Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Okay, so in our last episode, uh, we were talking about psycho mom and when psycho mom shows up. And I decided today to talk about boundaries because boundaries are probably one of the biggest struggles I see in the parents I work with. And there's your boundaries and your personal boundaries. And then there's our boundaries with our kids. And part of the thing with when we were talking about psycho mom is that oftentimes psycho mom comes out when your boundaries aren't clear enough and or people step over them. So the thing with our kids is that they literally define if you give them an inch, they'll take a yard, right? And we talked about how it's their developmental job to push against you, to test their limits, to see where the boundaries are and if you really do mean it, right? So I definitely want to talk about our kids and boundaries, but first let's talk about you and your personal boundaries because I find that it's much easier to sort of get clear about boundary work with ourselves first before we parlay it into parenting. It's easier to understand boundaries in our personal work and I I do find that it's a it's a term that I think we've all heard, but oftentimes we don't exactly know what it means or how it looks in certain situations. The other thing is that if your personal boundaries are weak, and maybe you're aware of that, maybe you're not aware of it, but if they're weak, your parenting boundaries are going to be weak. There's there's kind of no overflow. And in fact, people who have really good personal boundaries may have too stringent boundaries with their kids and their kids are kicking against that. Yeah. But generally speaking, if you have weak personal boundaries, you are going to have weak parenting boundaries. And we we kind of really need to fix that. This work is, the work I do is really not just about the kids, you guys. Your parenting work has everything to do with you as a person. I'm so passionate that parents matter as people. Yeah. And I think too much of the world is expecting us to only be parents, only be the mom or the dad. And it's, it's dangerous to think that way, right? Because we're people and we have our own emotional lives too outside of our kids. So that's why personal boundaries become so important. The biggest indicator if you have poor boundaries is that you're constantly spread too thin. You're emotionally exhausted. You feel like everyone wants a piece of you. You feel like you're doing it all and not doing any of it well. And the feeling that you're being walked on pretty constantly. If in any area of your life you're feeling that beyond, of course, you know, you're going to be emotionally exhausted if your kid's been up puking three nights in a row and, and being a parent is emotionally exhausting. But I'm talking about a level above that, a level of just being drained. And it could be one person is drained. It could be you have a toxic relationship with your mother and she drains you anytime you communicate. It could be that you have a toxic relationship with a certain friend or you don't know how to express that you have a toxic relationship. You just know that when you're with a certain person, you are absolutely drained, which by the way is a good, ex- a good indicator that you're with a toxic person. So the, the classic definition is you're a line in any given sand, right? It's how much you'll put up with, what your yes is, what your no is. It's, it, it defines your likes and your dislikes and it's setting distances for others approaching you. Right. And this can be emotionally, physically, mentally, or spiritually. So 
you know, we all tend to have similar physical boundaries, right? We we know what personal space is. And when somebody's like edging too close, you kind of back away. But we tend to be more ambiguous about emotional boundaries and about spiritual boundaries and psychological boundaries, right? That That is tricky, especially with friends and, and relatives. You know, with strangers, we don't usually let somebody get into our head. <laughs> we might rage very quickly, but we don't usually let them get in. So it's usually people that have some sort of connection. Generally speaking, just like I said in, in the uh, Psycho Mom episode, women typically do have weaker boundaries than men. We are, this is a cultural thing that I know we're all trying to change and we're all working really hard on. But, you know, women are, are thought of more as nurturers, as we tend to be people pleasers. We, I'm 50 years old, so I'm kind of cross-generational here. So I was raised to not make too much of a stink. You know, I was raised to not not freak out if somebody's in my personal space, whereas now we know different, you know, if, if some strange man is in your personal space, you're probably going to freak out. But I was always taught to like play nice, right? So that be nice, be nice, be gentle, be polite. Don't, don't make anybody think you're not a lady, that kind of thing, right? So you boundaries can get weaker in women just because of that kind of cultural bullshit. So I find that it's it's mostly moms that struggle with this. And, and there's a few reasons for that. I think it's funny. I was just working with a client today and her husband is handling things amazing. And I said, you know, you really need to study his language. I said, just I, I, I could kiss him right now because he's so great at non-negotiable language at a, at a certain pitch. Generally, they, men speak lower. They don't take shit. They just don't take as much shit as us women do. So I, again, I'm going to talk in terms of mamas here, but, but of course, if you're a man who struggles with boundaries, absolutely, I'm including you in this. And I do find there are two areas that are most troublesome. One is dealing with toxic people. Like I said, either family members or mom friends. I really, 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 really don't underestimate the power of your mom friends. I know that while, especially when our kids are little, but I can't even say that because my mom friends now are so vital. Your tribe is so important, your village, this village that's helping you, helping you stay sane, helping you with your friendship, helping you with your children, raising your children. They are so vital. But man, there's always one bad apple that that spoils the whole barrel, right? And we are, I've never seen more toxic mom friends than when your kids are little because because your kids don't really have a say, right? Like two and three-year-olds, they'll kind of play with just about anybody. They don't have strong reactions to other kids. So sometimes you're joined with mom friends in proximity. You, you all go to the same story time. And I've talked about this in other episodes. Parenting is so fucking lonely. It's ridiculous. So you as a mom of a toddler are probably so hungry for friendship and you find yourself locked into these dynamics with a couple of toxic moms who can just really wreck you. And so that can be hard to set boundaries with people like that. And the other thing I find with mamas is that we tend to struggle with just overextending ourselves because we have a hard time saying no. The pressure these days to be the perfect mom is just unbelievably off the charts to have you're expected to do freaking everything and I'll t- <laughs> although I go off on a little tangent here I'll tell a quick story my mom looked at me one day when Pascal I don't know he was about two and she was like god you guys make parenting look really hard these days and I was like huh you know, of course, I took offense at first because, <laughs> what are you talking about, mom? Because uh, it felt very judgy. But I really thought about it for a while. And 
I said, you know, we, we do make it look hard. Why is that? And I realized it's because it is harder. It's way harder. Just the internet alone, we have so many options and choices. It's ridiculous. My mom bought like a crib. She just bought a crib. She went to Sears and bought a crib that matched the bureau. That's all. She didn't have to look into safety. Was it fireproofed? Was it recalled? She didn't have to do any research. We didn't have car seats. She didn't have to buy a freaking car seat. That research alone will kill you <laughs> on the car seats. My mom went to the beach and we all jumped in a station wagon that we weren't tied down in. We had Kool-Aid Red dye number 40, Kool-Aid. We had white bread, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, probably just stacked on one another, probably not even in in any sort of container. She didn't have to worry about like organic veggies and cutting things up so we didn't choke and sunscreen and seat belts and all the things and, you know, water safety and sun safety and is there bacteria in this sand? She didn't have to worry about any of this shit. We do. So yes, parenting is definitely harder. And part of that is we contribute to it by not being able to say no in certain areas. We have um, social media. I don't care what you say. Instagram and Facebook, we're just presented with everybody's sizzle reel, where we're presented with everybody's best life. And it's really hard not to compare ourselves to that. So if you think you don't fall into that category, I think if you do a little more self-reflection, you find you will. I'm a generally don't give a fuck what people think about me kind of person, but I can tell you this, even I fall prey to it, right? I see somebody doing something really cool with their kid and um at home watching Malcolm in the Middle with my kid, and I'm like, oh, shit, I, I should do better, right? Of course, we always want to be the best parents we can be, but sometimes you have to set boundaries. People will start expecting from you, and if you're not clear about what you can and can't do to maintain your sa- your sanity, then you're you're going to get screwed, and you're going to be stretched too thin. And so it's that inability to say no. That's where the boundary lies. Not having good boundaries will drain you. It will it will drain you mentally and physically. Plain and simple. The biggest thing is it builds resentment. And that's the big ding, 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 that you have a weak boundary. You start to feel resentful. This starts small and it gets huge. So if you can think of any resentments, and again, boundaries, good and bad, are with our spouse, with our kids, with our family members, with anybody in our life. And if you start to feel resentful, so-and-so just expects me always to do this. And uh, I'm always the one who has to, uh-oh, ding, 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 ding. It's not them. It's you. You haven't set a good boundary, right? Now, personally, I'm so high on boundaries because they've been the work of my lifetime. And I remember, God, when I was like 21 and I had, you know, I went to see a therapist and we started talking about boundaries and it took me years to kind of wrap my head around what they were and years more uh, to figure out how to get good at them. I'll give you some brief history, mostly just because I want you to know a little bit more about me, but also to show uh, that I'm not this expert on a high horse who doesn't have uh, skeletons in the closet or whatever. But I grew up in an alcoholic house and I grew up walking on eggshells. Parents were all over the map with reactions. Yeah, I I had to figure out shitstorms before they hit. I had to be a people pleaser. I had to be able to turn on a dime because there were different reactions all the time. And I tried my best to keep everyone happy. This is pretty classic in mental health, right? And I'm sharing it because 
not only has working on my boundaries been a lot of work, it's constantly ongoing. This isn't a fix it and be done kind of thing, but it is life itself. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. And I also want to share that weak boundaries usually do stem from a toxic or semi-toxic early home environment. And you are not alone if this is you. I grew up not able to have boundaries. If I pressed a boundary as a child, I was severely punished for it. And so I backed off and and did everything for everybody. And that took a lifetime to undo. (laughs) So if you have a similar experience, just know that you're not alone and that it is super possible to work on boundaries and strengthening them. So one of the things like, for example, boundaries are not for example, I'm going to move on to an example in a second, but boundaries are tied into expectations, okay? So when we're super clear about our expectations, meaning what others can actually expect from us and what we expect from them, it becomes easier to see, understand, and hold good boundaries. This can be, you know, tiny little funny things to big, huge things that can slip away from us very, very quickly. For example, Now I'll give you the example. Yeah, (laughs) You may show up one day at a party and you have these beautifully made cupcakes and people love them. And then, you know, you feel a good, a good ding. You know, people love your cupcakes. And, uh, and then the next party, you show up with them again. Well, pretty soon you're the one that everyone expects to make the cupcakes. So one day you don't and Karen gives you a rash of shit. You, by accident, had set up that expectation. Pretty soon, you might start to resent that, right? So that's some, that's a boundary that can happen in mom dumb, right? Where we start to do something really cool and then it becomes expected of us. And we don't say, you know what? Hey guys, I just happen to have eight hours to bake these gorgeous cupcakes, but I'm never doing it again. So you want to be cautious that you're always letting people know your expectations. And if you start to build up resentment, like Jesus Christ, I can't believe I have to make another another batch of these fucking cupcakes. How come I'm the one that's always making the cupcakes? You know, Karen always shows up with her store-bought nonsense and I'm expected. Ding, 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 ding. That resentment is you created that. You're not letting people in on your expectations. All right. So that's, that's one way that I see it come out is that uh, mom starts to do, do, do. People expect, expect, expect. And then pretty soon mom is resentful. This can be You guys, this can be the tiniest thing. Like there's this great article floating around. Oh, what is it? My wife divorced me because I left a glass in the sink. Highly encourage you to Google it. It's an awesome article about this guy came to the realization that, of course, his wife didn't divorce him because of a sink left in the glass. I mean, a a sink left in the glass, a, a glass left in the sink. But the wife had been very clear about her boundary and she loved a clean kitchen at the end of the night. And she loved, she worked really hard to have this just beautiful sink empty of all debris and chaos and dishes. And every night her husband left a, a glass by the sink. And, and he talks about how he got you know, he was like, well, it's, you know, my house too. And I can leave a glass in the sink. But the wife was very clear. She was like, please don't do that. Like I worked really hard on the kitchen. And he was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do it. And the resentment built and a tiny thing like that built and built and built. And and there's a lot more to the article, but I love it because it, it seems like such a tiny thing, right? Like what's a sink left by the, I mean, what's a glass left by the sink? It's not that big a deal. The big deal was that the wife set a boundary and her husband kept ignoring it and kept pushing it. And so I think that's a really great example of how a tiny 
tiny thing, a tiny expectation that then gets gets uh, pushed against or abused, it can build this huge resentment that falls into other areas of our life. And of course, I'm not doing the article justice. It's it's a phenomenal article. A, a personal example for me in boundaries is social gatherings. I'm not a baker, you guys. I don't have time to bake. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a single homeschooling mom. I My passion is obstacle course racing and playing my ukulele. I don't have time to bake. It doesn't interest me. I don't like it. It's a chore. In fact, I hate it. <laughs> so if I'm going to a party, I'm going to bring something bought from the store and I'm going to bring toilet paper. It's my classic party gift because you're going to go through a lot at the party. I'm not going to bake. If you want something baked, it's going to be bought from the store. And you know what? It's a great thing. Everybody's like, yay, Jamie's here with toilet paper. Hooray. (laughs) Because I have set the expectation, please don't expect anything nice from me. Yeah. And so I keep that boundary. The other thing is it's a boundary within me. I don't stress myself out. I can't stress myself out about baking something for your party. I, I want to come. I want to show my love. My kid will have a homemade picture for you, but I cannot do the baking thing. And so again, just knowing that that's something that would kill me, it would drain me. I would get resentful of your stupid party because I had to spend so much time trying to get a recipe right. Now that might seem really silly, but it's a boundary that allows me to have ease in social gatherings. Otherwise, I must be saying no a lot more to some of these parties. Boundaries can feel really rude. They can. And at first, if you're not used to them, you're probably going to overshoot them and be too stringent. That is what happens. But they can feel really mean and rude until you realize that they're the rules about how people are going to treat you, what you will put up with. And again, it can be physical, spiritual, mental, or emotional. They are the rules. And people love knowing the rules. A healthy, sane adult is not going to get angry at you for setting a boundary. And that's another thing I've learned throughout my life that if I set a boundary and somebody, a grown-up, kicks up against it, that person's not allowed into my life, nowhere near my inner circle, because they are kicking against a boundary, which means they have something wrong with them in their mental state. Yeah, normal, healthy people respect a boundary. And if you tell me your boundaries, like, you know, um, I shut off all my devices at 8 p.m. I tell people all the time, nope, not talking after 8 p.m. All my devices go on airplane mode and I'm done. And I had a friend once who was like, well, you you know, I only communicate at 10 at night and I can't believe you're not going to text me back. Yeah, bitch, you're blocked. Sorry, you're like not even a friend anymore because... You have to respect my boundary. I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I'm going to bed early. I am shutting my devices down. So do you see what I'm saying? A normal, healthy person is going to respect your boundary. And if they don't, another clue that you're dealing with somebody not healthy. So boundaries can feel rude, right? But they are the rules. And I want to use this example with Pascal because it's so obvious. And I I know this is murky waters when we talk about boundaries because they're kind of all encompassing. So the example with Pascal is my, so I live in a two family home. My parents live below me and my sister comes to visit from Oregon and she brings her two boys who are one's older and one's younger than Pascal. And of course, once they get here, they, they stay with my mom. But once they get here, the whole house is just, you know, a clusterfuck of boys and it's awesome. And they're running all over the place. But Pascal is an only child and we live a pretty quiet life. 
I know I, I talk nonstop, but <laughs> we do live a pretty quiet life. And he's really not used to a crowd and he's definitely not used to the sibling energy. You know how that can get competitive and bickering and he's not used to that, even though it's very, very normal. So when my nephews come to visit, I have to be very clear. I say, Pascal, if you need a break, you have to let me know. I can help you negotiate that, but you know, let me know when you need a break. So this one night, my little nephew was uh, at my house. And oh my God, Pascal was being awful. It was like my nephew would say something so innocuous, like, oh, the sky is blue. And Pascal would say, no, it's not. It's ultra, it's ultramarine. He was being that niggly. And I could see everything he came back with. It was just, nah, 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 nah. And I could see he needed a break, but he was like totally hurting my nephew's feelings. So I pulled him aside and I was like, what is going on? And he said, oh my God, I just, I need a break. And I was like, all right, well, let's just ask him for a break. He can go down to Meme's. And Pascal said, no, that's mean. That's so mean to ask him to leave. And I was like, oh my God, classic boundary setting, right? That felt mean to Pascal. Meanwhile, he was being resentful and a bitter little shit to my nephew, hurting my nephew's feelings. So we, you know, we leave Pascal's room. I say to my nephew, hey, little man, we need a break. Can you just go down to Meme's for a while? shrugs his shoulders and says, sure, and goes downstairs. And Pascal and I talk about that constantly because to him, it was so mean to ask the kid to leave, but what he was doing was so much worse. So understand that, okay? It's not just your sanity, but you could be, when we build up these resentments, we end up being mean to the other person. Let's say you want to, um, let's say you have a friend who's moving and you hate helping people move and your friend's like, can you help me move? And you hate it, hate it, hate it. So you go, yeah, I think I might be available Saturday. Let me get back to you. I'm not really sure. I have some things to do, but I could probably show up in the afternoon. And your friend keeps asking you like, hey, can you help me move? Can you help? When are you going to come? I really need your help. Yeah, looks like Saturday's not going to be good. How about Sunday? And I'm not sure. Then Sunday comes and you fake like you're sick because you hate this and you were, you just didn't want to tell your friend, look, I don't help people move. I'll... I'll do something nice for you when you move into your house, but I don't have the time right now. There's no way possible that I can help you move. I don't like it. I don't want to. You think that feels really mean. And so instead you do all this other crap that lets your friend down. And then you, you end up lying. You end up, you know, giving them the runaround. That kind of thing happens, right? Far better if you tell your friend, nah, I'm not going to help you. I just, I don't have time and I don't want to. Your friend goes, okay, I'll see if somebody else can help me. Right. And that is, again, what a normal, sane, mentally well person will do. So that's those are just some examples to try to get you thinking about how your personal boundaries work. If you're not used to boundary work, a really good place to start is, is there a nagging resentment? Is anybody driving you crazy? Right. Were you clear about your expectation? That's another thing. We we live in a society where we expect people to know what's going on. And it makes me flabbergasted when I'm on Facebook. And everybody uses Facebook differently. And people make assumptions all the time on Facebook. Is your expectation clear? Does the person know? Like the, the husband who leaves the glass by the sink, did you say, babe, please don't do that. It annoys the hell out of me. Or did you say, he sees me, he sees me do all the cleaning. I don't know why he would do that. Careful. Again, if you didn't lay out your expectation, you can't expect people to know it. And that's a huge, huge thing. Boundaries in digital. 
the digital world, right? And I've I've talked about this in, in the connection episode, episode and somewhat in the psycho mom, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about it in the self care. But all you know, digital boundaries are huge as well. People expect. Um, one of the things that drives me nuts about texting is the people expect a, a reply right away. So I set digital boundaries all the time. I put my phone in airplane mode. I only answer texts in in clumps. I just recently had a friend call me. She was really upset. A friend of hers, who we all kind of know is a uh, mentally not not the wellest person, <laughs> but this uh, this friend of my friends would text her a barrage of complaints, like like you know, pages long texts. And I was like, dude, you need to block her. You get your phone. You know, the, our phones have made boundaries really crazy, right? And people think they can get in touch with us all the time. So make sure that you, uh, you're you aware of digital boundaries, right? And dude, I give you full permission to block the shit out of anybody who annoys you, anybody who doesn't respect your boundaries. I've had people take advantage of my text and I block them. And I'm like, hey, you can communicate with me via email if you'd like, but you are not allowed to text me. I'm not going to be afraid of my own phone, like picking up my phone and seeing random text from a weirdo. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so again, do you have a resentment? Were you clear about your expectation? Could you be more clear about your expectation? So a lot of times we think we're setting a boundary and we're just not that clear about it. Yeah. So make sure you're doing that. Notice mental chatter that you have about setting a boundary. Like, I want to, I want to just tell this person, no. Oh, I feel bad. She'll, she, maybe she'll get mad at me. I don't want to disappoint her. Start to notice that mental chatter that happens. Usually there's a fear of confrontation. For me, setting boundaries, it was absolutely a fear of confrontation. Uh, again, growing up in an alcoholic home, I would have any boundary I made was, was met with, uh, with very bad responses. And so, I learned not to, right? And if you fear confrontation, to this day, I cry at confrontation. I've gotten really good at confrontation and I've gotten really good at setting boundaries, but sometimes I start to shake and I cry if I have to confront somebody when they've crossed a boundary with me. Again, once you start working on boundaries, you might overshoot. You might start pissing people off. You might not be gracious about it. And that's okay. There's a learning curve. And if you do think you have weak boundaries especially if you're dealing with toxic family members who are in your life because of your children. So I deal with this all the time, like toxic parents and uh, toxic grandparents, and the parents don't want to cut them out of their lives because of the children, but dealing with them is really tricky. Guys, don't be afraid to seek help. You can seek help with me. You can seek help with a therapist in your area, but don't be afraid to seek outside help for boundary work. Brene Brown is an awesome resor- uh, resource on boundaries and shame and the reasons why we don't set good boundaries. So I highly recommend her as well. And again and again and again, realize that normal, healthy people love good boundaries. You tell me the rules about you and I get to respect them and that that's just flawless. So if you find somebody kicking up against your boundaries who is over 18, no, maybe over 21, then that person might not, you might not want that person in your inner circle. Our kids Oh, hell yeah. They're going to push your boundaries. They're going to push your boundaries probably until they're at least 21. (laughs) And so we're going to move on to kids and boundaries. Yeah. 
If they kick super hard against your boundary and they're a freaking grown-up, you want to run from that person. It took me years to figure it out, that healthy people love and accept boundaries. Toxic people don't. And again, it's my litmus test for who gets into my inner circle. All right. I'm going to sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, Yummy New Book Presale Treats when we release new episodes, and how to work with me directly. And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified Oh Crap consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.